Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Uh, before we get started, I just want to let you know to make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, let's recap tonight's Vikings game. Already in field goal range. Cousins forgetting about the field goal. Thielen one-armed, able to bring it down for the touchdown. Adam Thielen. There's third and 11 for Kirk Cousins. Able to complete across the middle. It's Justin Jefferson across midfield. And Jefferson all the way down to the 32-yard line. On third and fourth. Cousins throwing, and it is caught. Touchdown. It's Adam Thielen for the second time tonight. And Minnesota jumps back on top. All right. As I have been for the past uh, two recaps on this podcast, I'm joined by uh, fellow Viking Age staff member Dustin Baker, and we both were able to watch the Vikings get a rare victory in Chicago tonight over the Bears. They squeaked it out. They won 19-13. to uh, Kirk Cousins got his first ever Monday night football win, and my my first question to you before we get started on anything, Dustin, is how nervous were you on that last punt that the Vikings had well I was definitely nervous and I haven't I kid you not up until this year in those situations I did have ample faith in Zimmer and especially against somebody like Foles in that offense that wouldn't get anything going but because this is a work in progress mature on the fly type of deal it felt like a situation where it was ripe for whether it was Tyler Bray or Nick Foles to hit a fluky like streak down the middle and Allen Robinson walks us off because of that damn extra point. So yes, I was nervous. My wife, if, if I said no, my wife would probably write you and tell you that I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> definitely nervous. Um, I mean, I, I've probably been, there's probably 30 other games in my, my Vikings lifetime. I've been more nervous, uh, but this one registered a little bit just because the game was full, so full of quirky stuff that it just felt like, and this will probably be exclamation pointed by something weird. Yeah, it was a weird game. Um, I don't think I've ever been that nervous about a punt before. Just, I think just because they had two that were blocked last week, and then they had Austin Cutting had some some bad snap stuff tonight. Um, it was just it was just like please just just get this off. And then they, and they had the weird uh, the weird touchback too earlier, like very early in the game. I think it was Jacinta or whatever yeah. his his name is. Just he gets it gets it and walks in the end zone. It's like what are you doing? <laughs> um, so. Since they won, I'm, I would like to go over some likes and dislikes tonight. And so, since they won, we'll go over the, the likes first, and and I'll let you start with with one of yours. Okay, my very first like that comes to mind is the defense. They held the Bears to 149 yards allowed. Um, that defense, or excuse me, that offense of the Bears has been poor. So take that with a grain of salt. The enthusiasm over that performance, but each week, and we've been doing this particular show for three weeks now. Each week, it's getting better. And it's never going to be as good as it was in 2017 with this uh, bunch of men. But each week, it's doing things better and it's making adjustments. And then it was just Blitz City on third down, which was 
absolutely marvelous uh, because I've been waiting for that to compensate for the lack of pressure that we get up front. So um, definitely it's the return to that Mike Zimmer style of of defense. And like I said, it's caveated with the fact that the Bears are not good on offense. Uh, But I'm going to let you talk about Kirk next. uh, But defense for sure was something that I'm supremely happy to see that it's starting to come back because that's the only way that we will sneak into the playoffs, if you will, is if the defense is markedly better than the first month and a half of the season. Yeah, I was I, I enjoyed the performance by the defense, but like you said, it was against the Bears, and their offense is pretty terrible. Uh, when Cordero Patterson is like your best player on offense, then that's probably not um, very good for you. Um, yeah, so I, I was very impressed with the the Vikings defense as well. Like you said, the pressure, um, they only got two sacks, but I, I'm pretty sure they generated a, a lot more pressure, so it'll be interesting to see you know, uh, when that stuff comes out, how many pressures they actually generated i liked what i saw from from hercules Mata'afa. i like you yeah. know the young corners you know coming up and making some good tackles uh i was a little worried about eric kendrick's there for a little bit but he seems <laughs> to be okay harrison smith had a great game oh man yep i'm getting into and, that in a little bit and that that knockdown um and dj wanham he he looked like he had another good game too um so yeah it was it was a great performance by the defense and it they needed it because the offense you know, they only got 19 points, so they needed a, a good performance out of the defense tonight. So my first like, I think you already alluded to it, but it's Kirk Cousins getting his first ever win on Monday night. And if you saw the end of the game when he headbutted one of his players, you could tell that he was pretty excited about getting, I don't know if it was exactly because he got his first ever Monday night win, but getting a win in Chicago, you know, the Vikings getting this this. This big win on the road in the division, three in a row. They're four and five. You know now they're 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 getting back in the hunt of the you know the playoff race. Um, so that was that was nice to see Kirk Cousins getting this you know so-called monkey off his back. They had that that corny graphic on uh, ESPN with with him and Archie Manning and Joe Namath beating the TV because um, you know none of them were good on Monday night. I think they're those those guys were both zero and six, and Kirk Cousins is was 0-9 before for tonight but now he has one win so now you know that that i'm sure that will still be a narrative going into their next monday night game where he's only he only has one win on monday it's like come on can't we just get rid of this but you know good for him he gets this monkey off his back and hopefully he can just just take this into, into the next week and, and make some more good out of it what is your uh, what is another like that you have yeah i i i have to tip the hat to him because one of my biggest likes about this game and I, I i had a feeling this would happen is that we had to win a football game without running wild on the bears and we hardly ever do that when we beat the bears under zimmer we're running for over 120 yards every single time and it just felt like one of those games where they're probably going to bottle up dalvin because if they were smart they should game plan for him and they did and he's not quite like adrian who can just take that and say well i don't care what you're going to try to do to stop me he's not quite that good and this I know Kirk Cousins makes a lot of money, and I know we, we put too many characters into tweets talking about his contract, but I kid you not, this is why he plays here. Um, he had to go personally make the throws to win the game, and there were that big, big connection to Justin Jefferson in the middle of the field at 53-yard or whatever it was. That is the type of play that you know big quarterbacks in big spots make. And it's not to say that Sam Bradford or Case Keenum were incapable of making those throws, but we really scrutinize Cousins a lot, and he won this game, and I think the people that really study football will, you know, say, yeah, that, that was excellent. But the, the the half-hearted ones will say, yeah, but, yeah, but. 
and it was just the Bears and their offense sucks. But <clears throat> he went out and won the game. Um, basically, when the run was a non-factor, it opened up a little bit when Akeem Hicks, Nicks got hurt, mm-hmm. uh, Hicks. And um, and I did not feel bad about that whatsoever because of the way that he was jawjacking the whole night. Um, but yeah, he's I cannot believe and it, you and I didn't talk directly right after the Falcons game, but I can't believe one of the few times in a Viking seasons that I gave up pretty much in my in my writings. I was, you know, I, I outlined pathways to how they might be able to get back in it, but I didn't believe in it because they were so bad against the Colts and the Falcons. Uh, I just thought this was going to be a year that we'll probably finish five and 11 and, you know, get a nice draft pick and go from there. But even I didn't see it coming. And here we are three straight division wins. And I do not care about any type of uh, naysayers about saying that, yeah, it was just the bears because anytime you go into that it's Chicago, yeah. that place, it's, it's bizarre how it's cookie cutter weird things happen and you could write a mini novel tonight about all the weird crap like your two golden boys that are immune to criticism with Thielen and Rudolph both almost found ways to lose the game and in their defense they rarely do that so no they shouldn't shouldn't be savage for it but you know your two most secure guys um tried to give the game away so to speak and then Patterson got us back and then that their dude fumbled and Time after time, when these two teams hooked up, it's something weird that happens. And tonight, it was just a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, it doesn't matter what their records are when, whenever they these two teams play in Chicago. Just it, it really doesn't. Things usually don't go in the favor of the Vikings. They could be undefeated, and the Bears could be you know winless, and it would still be a close game because that's just how things go when the Vikings travel to Chicago at least this century. Um, so, yeah. what do you have another like? Oh yeah. Um... In general, Harrison Smith, um, man, he he doesn't show signs of slowing down. I think that I get tempted every offseason to say, okay, yeah, he's probably not the player that he was in 2016 or 2017. And I just tell myself that because he probably should slow down. But then you sit down and watch the games, and he makes these humongous plays. Um, you talked about the one briefly uh, where he just batted the ball out of the hand. Like, I mean, just completely lived up to his nickname on that play. I mean, it was a hitman style play where he just said, nope, that's not happening. And time after time, uh, I think was, was, he got ejected in the Colts game. And I mean, it was just egregious how much that we missed him in that. Was it uh, the Colts? Was it Colts uh, or Titans? I think it was a Titans game. It was Titans? Okay, yeah, because that was close. Yeah. No, yeah, it was a Texans, Titan. Texans game. Texans? Because because Iloka came in and he gave up those those two terrible touchdowns. And we still won? Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Well, yeah, I guess it didn't matter too much, but usually when one player goes out on defense, you can kind of oh, do the still, it's still It still mattered. Cause yeah. Because they, they, cause I think the Vikings were up by a bunch, and then <laughs> Harrison Smith went out, and then the Texans were able to come back. So Yes, mattered. on defense. So up front, we usually will have Daniil Hunter. And in the middle, habitually, the heart and soul, the cardiovascular system, Eric Kendricks. And, but it's almost like you can't choose which one of those three big folks, big names, is better on defense because they all make the same level of plays. And just when I think, like, all right, I think Daniel Hunter's probably taken over the identity of the defense, then, then Smith shows up and does stuff like he did tonight. I mean, he's right in the right spot for the reception. He almost had the, the one, I think it was in the first half. Maybe it wasn't as close as it looked on camera, but I thought he had another one. And I don't know. I, he's... He's my favorite player on this Vikings team, and he has been for a very long time. And I don't know, he just doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Uh, we talked about, you mentioned early, earlier uh, Adam Thielen's mistakes, but he also had two touchdown catches tonight. He had one uh, very beautiful one-handed catch 
Um, and then another one to, to seal the game uh, at the end there in the red zone. So he has nine touchdowns now, uh, tying his career high for a single season. And there's seven games to go. I think this is his third game this year already with at least two touchdowns. Um, so he's, he's, a, he's a touchdown machine. And, you know, after, you know, being out for a lot of the time last year, it's, it's good to see him, you know, coming back and having this type of year because he could have came back and just, you know, been terrible. And not, you know, not, not having Stefan Diggs here, people were kind of curious to see how he would do if, you know, his success was a product of, of Stefan Diggs being on the field. And, and I think that's pretty easy to tell that that wasn't the case. You know, he has Justin Jefferson out there um, and he's, you know, drawing more coverage too. But I think, you know, Thielen's a good receiver and he, especially on that, that touchdown catch to open the game with a one-handed catch, you know, he just, he, 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 bro- he broke his route and almost broke the defensive back's ankles, you know, just, just <laughs> getting by him. So I think uh, it's safe to say Thielen is still good. And looking back on it, it's crazy to think that he was even talked about, you know, as being a possible, you know, in a trade, you know, before the deadline, like that oh. was even a, a <clears throat> any, any talk now <laughs> about trades, like Hitman yeah. to the Brown, right? It, it all seems so laughable. And I want to believe that it was never even discussed that they were going to blow it up. Um, I know it felt like it after Unique went, but I think we maybe got duped in thinking that was going to be the beginning of a fire sale when all it really was was a clawback trade. And either he didn't work out there or he's just not very good. They, they realized that, I think, and said, what the heck, why don't we... And they, I don't, they probably didn't think they were going to win three in a row. Um, but I think that they wanted to showcase Wanham, who was doing pretty darn good. And lo and behold, <laughs> after you treat Unique Ngakwe, you win three straight games. I mean, figure it out. It's weird. Yes, and uh, I believe... Oh, yeah, the, the Ravens with... Unique and Gakwe are uh, one and two since playing him. So uh, yeah, he can't he can't catch a break. Jacksonville. So, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm with a contender now, and then they're like, psych. They just yeah, lose, they just lost to the Patriots. So before we get into any dislikes, I I want to ask you because I'm pretty torn. Um, at the end of the half, when we had a minute left and we had a couple timeouts mm. and we just sat on it, or we do the thing that we do pretty frequently where. Mm. We give the ball to Dalvin, see if he can get about 15 yards, and then maybe we'll try to get a field goal. I, I'm sour on the approach of get more, 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 because it seems like when we do, it ends up in turnover, and I end up tweeting, like, this is why he usually just sits on it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your philosophy as a whole, as a football fan, and then what is your philosophy of the Vikings in those situations? Uh, I think when you're in a situation, I think it just depends on the situation you're in. When you're in a like a hostile environment, not like, not like Chicago was a hostile environment tonight because there's no fans, so it's way different than it, it would have been typically. But still, you're on the road, you're against a divisional opponent, you've got to be trying to score as many points as you can. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, they had two timeouts, 50 seconds to go, you know, at least try and get in field goal range um, to try and get something on the board because clearly they needed as many points as they could tonight because the, the Bears defense is good. For as yes, bad as their offense is, their defense is good. You know, they make plays on special teams. Um, so I was not very happy with that decision. I wasn't surprised because it's just <laughs> what the Vikings do. But, you know, if, if I was the coach, I would have at least maybe just taken a shot downfield. And if that didn't work, then fine, you know, run the clock out. But yeah, I just I think you got, you got two timeouts. Why do you have those timeouts, you know, if you're if you're not going to use them? Like, I yeah. hate I hate when coaches 
have those and go into the half, especially if they have and and the Vikings didn't get the ball to begin <laughs> the second half. So that made me even you know more inclined to be like, okay, just get some points. And then it turned out, you know, the Bears scored a touchdown the very first play of the of the oh. second half. So I, I I was not a fan of that decision. Yeah, uh, on that uh, first play of the second half, that that is when I started to think, all right. Maybe we aren't going to win this thing. It's probably most of uh, Vikings Nation did. And it had to be uh, Patterson too, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they had the camera all perfect, mm-hmm. almost like it was choreographed that yeah, they're like, right. he's going to run this back, so let's just have it be the most picturesque thing you could and ever And then you got the, the Zimmer Furious <laughs> clip afterwards. Yeah, that that's like clockwork. That was class. That's like classic Zimmer right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that dude. in a while. We haven't seen him get No, it's been a while. Long time. And then when, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Maloof or whatever, the special team coach got all psyched about the other guy dropping the ball. Mm -hmm. He just went nuts because he was so excited uh, because the guy jumped on it. And you could just tell from his perspective, it was like, you know, bottling up thinking, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll survive this, this week. Um, I want to ask you too, before we get to dislikes, I thought to the eye test, I don't, I don't go on and watch film like a lot of the the analyst people do. But I thought the offensive line held up mm-hmm. pass blocking um, for the most part. We'll, we'll talk about the holding calls in a little bit. Um, but I, there was, I told my, my wife, uh, one of the third down plays in the third quarter, I was like, it's, this is, sacks are going to start coming here because you can't hold them off forever. And I think one of them or two of them came eventually. But for the most part, I, I thought that they gave Kirk a little time to throw, which doesn't, I mean, that's part of the, the bane of going to Soldier Field is that you, you just get pummeled. Yeah, for as much as they didn't have success running the ball, they still stuck to the run. Like, Dalvin Cook had 30 carries. So they were still able to, you know, utilize... Holy crap, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were still able to utilize play action, you know, and, and keep the, the Bears' pass rush, you know, on their toes. Um, and Kirk was getting the ball out quickly, you know, rolling out. So they weren't they weren't giving the Bears, you know, a lot of just, you know, straight shots at Kirk Cousins. They had, they had, they had to work for it. And I, I think they only, yeah, they only wound up with one sack. Um, you know, they probably ended up with, with more pressures. Yeah. And you talked about the holding calls. There's three of them. Two of them were on tight ends. So yeah. <laughs> one um, of the, one of the silver linings of well, not even silver lining, but one of the takeaways here from this is that that is going to be one of the best front sevens that we will see or any team will see in the NFL. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, there you don't take away anything from those guys, even with uh, Hicks getting hurt in the third or fourth quarter, whatever it was. Like, if we can find ways to block them, um, you know, give to Kirk some time, then we can do it against most teams because they are about as ferocious as it comes from the front four and then those those, those damn linebackers that they have. So that gives me encouragement. Um, Brian McKinney on my show says it takes – by his estimation, about six weeks for an offensive line to gel. And I think we're going to be on week four here. I don't know if you count the bye week, probably not. But uh, assuming that it's Dozier stays in there, and uh, it seems like, man, if maybe Ezra Cleveland was the, the missing link to make this thing not not that bad. Next next week will be six because uh, Ezra Cleveland started um, in week six against the Falcons. So oh, next really? week will be six weeks. Okay. okay. Sweet. If you, yeah, if you include the bye week, which – which you should because they get get that extra time to, you know, figure things out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's been great. And if 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 you didn't think he was, the Vikings let you know by letting go of Pat Elfline, you know, this yeah. weekend and, yeah. and telling you that we're fine. We got Ezra Cleveland, so we're good. Yeah. We don't need Pat Elfline even as a depth guy. And um, I'm thinking he probably asked Elfline probably asked for the Vikings to let him go, and then he ended up with the Jets, and he's probably like, damn it. Um. So, um, 
so yeah, we had a bunch of likes. And one one last like I wanted to throw in there was the the all white uniforms. Oh yeah, those were sweet. I I liked those a lot. They haven't. They've. This is only the second time I think they've they've gone with this look because the first time was in 2015 that Monday Night Football season opener against the 49ers. I think the 49ers had their black uniforms on. Yeah. Um, and the Vikings got you know shellacked. I think it was like 20 to three that year, and they just haven't worn them since. So I don't I don't know if it was superstition <laughs> or something like that. Um, but it was, it was a pleasant surprise to see them in there. And, and I, I always been a fan of even, you know, other teams just going with the all white. Like I like when they do the, the color rush, but yeah, but the, but the other team gets the all white version of, of the color rush. And yeah, I got duped because I must've just been headline skimming. I thought for some reason we were doing color rush, the purple and the gold, uh, numbers and letters this week. And then when they came up more ups, I saw Kirk and white, just the, from the from the waist up, and I was like, "Huh." So Twitter informed me that next week is next uh, week, yeah. color rush, it's and then they panned down, and I saw the all whites. And I told my wife, "I said, look at that," and she she was like, "Have we seen that before?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, we have, but it's been a long time." And then I messaged you right away because I figured you'd have the hookup, and yeah, you were correct. It, it's been five years, uh, you know, and after those those used to be a, a mainstay, mm-hmm. um, but it was cool to see them back because they they do look the the proverbial clean or sleek or whatever whatever they call Maybe. it. You know, maybe it's good luck. Maybe they'll go with the the all white for the road games for the rest of the year. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. You know, they they got Kirk's first, you know, Monday night win. They got their first win in those all whites with their new uniforms. Obviously, they won, you know, with their old uniforms. Yeah, back in the Randy Moss days and Adrian Peterson days when they wore yep. all white. But I I just like the the cleanness. I like the the Vikings jersey because it's it's so simple, like the uniform because yeah. it's it's just so simple, but it looks modern. And so you you throw in the the all white it just it just made me uh, very happy with that. Yeah, it was pretty like sneaky because I don't know that anybody really knew about it. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't. <laughs> and then uh, then Adam Thielen's cleats too before the game. Yeah. The, the Alex Alex Trebek uh, tribute there. I I didn't know he was such a huge fan of Alex Trebek, but that was, that was that was pretty cool to see. And it's always interesting to see when someone has a portrait of a person on their cleats. I'm always like. Like you, you got to be super talented to like pull something <laughs> like that off. And they, they all are the same guy who's, I, I think, I don't know if he's located in Minnesota, but like Diggs and, and Thielen yeah. all, all use the same guy. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Did you have any, any, any more likes before we move on? No, nope, uh, no, I, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll pepper in a couple more things that come to mind, but uh, yep, no, I'm ready for dislikes. All right. Let's get into the dislikes. There were plenty to talk about. I'll just, I'll start it off and just go with, uh, special teams in general. Uh, not a great night for the Vikings special teams. You know, they had the missed extra point. They had that uh, weird touchback that we talked about earlier with uh, Chisena just getting the ball and kind of just backing up in uh, the end zone. Uh, wasn't really sure what he was doing. Uh, I don't think he knew what he was doing. I don't know if he knows what he's doing anytime he's on the field because he had like two catches in college. Um, and then, you know, you had the kicking the Cordell Patterson, which was, which is never a good idea. Um, Mike Zimmer made that pretty clear. You know, they did have the, they recovered, you know, the muffed fumble. Uh, then you had KJ Osborne almost fall, fumbling the ball, putting it between his legs on that play as well. I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the special teams. They had the, the block punts last week and they, and they had the long punt, they gave up a long punt return too, like 40 some yard odd punt return. So that's going to be something to watch for the rest of the season to see you know, how much of an impact that makes because that could be big where, you know, they're, it's a close game and something on special teams, it comes down to something on special teams and, and 
that can be huge. Yeah, that uh, missed extra point, especially that was the whole reason I should have I should have brought that up 20 minutes ago. That was the whole reason I was nervous. Oh, the yeah, last yeah, drive yeah, is because yeah. we only had a six point lead. Had we had the full touchdown lead, it would I kid you not. I would have been like, All right, this is not going to happen. Even if it does, we can still find a way to do it in overtime. But yeah, that uh, <laughs> that botched extra point uh, was dreadful. And the thing that's not funny about this, that's spooky is that you and I know, and most of our listeners know that there's nothing more that Mike Zimmer hates than bad special teams play. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, God, who did he call that's out? Like was it, was it was, yeah, was it Carlson or somebody? He, oh yeah, God, well, he flat out after, was, after he cut him, and they're like, "Oh, why'd you let him go?" And he's like, oh, well, yeah. did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. And so when you see that tirade like he had at that special teams coach, you know it's real, and it, it, it's you know we all have things that just piss us off. Like one of oh, my yeah. pet peeves that's not related to football is. When somebody else's alarm clock goes off earlier than mine and they just sleep through it, my, my daughter does that and it bugs the crap out of me because she'll get up a little bit earlier and she'll just sleep through it. So I think for Zimmer, his version of that is anything that a mini miscue of special teams. I think that's probably why they kept that Chase McLaughlin guy so close to the practice squad is because Zimmer wants an insurance policy at all times. But yeah, I don't know if that if Maloof or whatever his name is will be fired. But uh, yeah, that that. You're not going to be able to get away with that against teams that are high octane offensively. And one of my dislikes uh, is the turnovers. And I know that they're kind of excusable because they're from two men that rarely make big mistakes like that. But I'm telling you, a a prolific offense is going to make you pay for those. And just as we uh, kind of, oh boy, I guess minimized or mitigated those turnovers into not really hurting us that much. There are quarterbacks, and you know them. Uh, they're going to make you pay to the tune of yeah, fourteen you, you points. You do that in a few weeks when the Vikings play the Bucks. Then game's o- game over. Yeah, yeah, and and it's hard for us to battle back from that. So that's why the turnover stuff is so important. Now, thankfully, uh, we forced uh, the one from Hitman right off the get off the out of the yep. gate. So it yep. felt like a you know new ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh man, and and it really hurts when it's dudes that are so dependable because you're. You, there's nothing really to criticize. And then, I mean, Khalil Mack really covering Thielen happens to get an interception on him. And, you know, he gets all this credit for a incredible play when he was just there for the bobble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, turnovers drive me nuts. And usually um, good teams are going to make you pay. Yeah, well, Thielen made the mistake of trying to catch that with two hands instead of one because, you know, obviously he only needed one for that touchdown catch. So I'm not really sure why he continues to just try with two hands. Um, yeah, Definitely don't blame that interception on, on Kirk Cousins. I know some people might see the stat sheet and be like, oh, I threw an interception again. It's like, no, that that wasn't even close to being his fault. That hit Thielen in the hands, and, and he bobbled it. Um, and then, you know, yeah, Rudolph. Did you think that was a fumble looking at, at, at uh, the Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, what I specifically said out loud is had they ruled it down by contact, it would have stood. It basically was one of those types of plays that whatever was ruled was not going to be enough to overturn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it started to bobble, but then it didn't really come out until his knee was on the ground. So that's why I was like, come on, just call it dead, and then they won't reverse it. But as soon as they said that uh, it was a fumble, I was like, oh, here we go. You know. And but but then I think Rudolph kind of redeemed himself because he had that big, uh, was it like first down, like a 20-yard yeah. reception where he dragged people like all the way. So Yeah, I other think- than that, he came up big in Irv, Irv Smith's absence. Yeah, he, he had... He had some great plays too, um, and think, he should. I mean, he's paid like a tight end te one, and if there was no such thing as Irv Smith on the Vikings, Rudolph would make those types of plays pretty routinely. Um, God, in 2016, I came across a stat earlier this week. 
Rudolph was targeted 136 times in 2016 wow. when we were playing that dink and ducks, dink and dunk stuff because we didn't have an offensive line or a running game. And I mean, that's like, uh, you know, what Thielen will be targeted in a year. So in 2016, Bradford had a, I should say that on air, he, he was very excited to throw to him <laughs> that often. And, <laughs> and now, now he had, like, going into this game, he had like 18 targets. And so he's getting paid a lot of money um, for minimum targeting uh, but that's just nature of the beast when you're grooming a young guy like smith yeah he uh rudolph finished with four catches for 63 yards yeah on uh five targets tonight and he can do that every every single yeah. game if irv was out longer i don't think he will be but rudolph is more than capable of doing that every single game forgot to throw this in the likes uh justin jefferson quietly had eight <laughs> catches for 135 yards yeah I, I think i said on our first uh show and I, i'm gonna reiterate it that and I'm not exaggerating this. When the ball goes to him, I have absolutely no fear that he's going to catch it and do a, something special with it. I had that with Diggs. It took me took me about a year to get it with Diggs because I figured him being a fifth rounder and stuff would be kind of fluky and he really wasn't that good. And then I settled in and I was like, oh, this guy's just good. And with Jefferson, I mean, I can't really think of anything that he does poor. I mean, it doesn't seem like he makes dumb mistakes. He's, and then he's when a, he goes, I mean, yeah, he's out there when they're running the ball, so he must be fine. Run blocking, yeah, and then he uh, he was he got he was jaw jacking with that one yeah, dude, which yeah. you love to see. And yeah, I mean, I can't believe that we happened to probably find the best wide receiver in this class in a in a class that had like a dozen guys that are going to be WR ones. Yeah, there's if there's one thing that I don't like about Justin Jefferson is that he might put himself in harm's way like too many times, like it, just diving for the extra yards. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta be like you know go down or, or go out of bounds. The anti yeah, the anti moss yeah. in that regard. save yourself for for <laughs> you know the rest of the game because you know he's an important player to that offense and, and cousins obviously is you know liking him because he targeted him ten times tonight yeah. um, but going back to Rudolph like you said he only has uh, like before this game he only had fourteen catches <laughs> yeah. this year for one hundred and seventy five yards which was actually believe it or not actually more than than Irv Smith yeah um, so as much as we think Irv Smith is, you know, taken over. Well, no, it's just re- it's recency with Irv. It is recency. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that- the other thing that the other thing that I did not like at all was the holding calls. Uh, I can't remember how many of them were good calls. Yeah. Uh, but ordinary holding calls will make me all roll my eyes and announce that's a drive killer. You might as well punt in, in my cynicism. But these ones were like negated big mm-hmm. plays. Uh, the cousin scramble. That one was, I think, that one was a legitimate call on Dozier. Uh, but the one where uh, finally Dalvin had the, mm-hmm. his big run that we were waiting for. <laughs> that one was ticky tack. Even the announcer said it. Um, I want to say the three holding calls were all like at moments when you're like, "Oh, come on." Yeah, uh, I didn't like those at all. Just the way they changed the momentum of those situations. They were just, you know, momentum killers. Like you mentioned with the Delvin, Delvin run is like, yes, finally he got a long run. But luckily, after that, you know, they were able Jefferson. to... Jefferson had that long catch. It seemed like they were able to redeem themselves, you know, after those. I think the Dozier one was the only one that really yeah. set them back. And that was more towards the end of the game when, you know, it seemed like they probably had the win. Um, for a, another dislike... Okay, I'm getting tired of... Kirk Cousins throwing to Chad Beebe on third down. <laughs> you got Thielen and Jefferson, Dalvin Cook sometimes on the field, Kyle Rudolph, and you're throwing to Chad Beebe? Like, yeah. 
sometimes I understand you fall in that trap of yeah. throwing it short of the sticks and then um, to frustrate the fans even more, they'll throw it to the lesser of the four, Khabibi, talent-wise, and then, you know, just automatic punt. Um, I'm pretty sure he's the smallest guy on the field whenever he's on there, so I don't expect him to get the ball and drag some people to get, you know, extra yards. Yeah. Um, it's just it's, it's frustrating when they, when they have the talent on the field like they do. Where, you know, I would understand if BB's wide open, but most of the time it's just like he's got like a step or two on the guy who's covering him, so and then he'll get tackled immediately. So it's just, and then they never get the first down. So that's that's the biggest problem is you keep giving it to, to BB on these, you know, important plays and he doesn't come up with the first down. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think the thing. When you, I, I hadn't, I hadn't researched far enough on that stat that you talked about, Dalvin, that he carried the ball thirty times tonight. Yeah, that that is wild <laughs> um, for them to keep doing it. And yes, there was times where you were thinking, like, all right, it's probably not going to work. Um, but then you know Hicks got hurt, and you keep trying it. But the fact that he they ran the ball thirty times and stuck to it, uh, that that's another tip of the hat because he had four catches too. Had thirty yeah. catches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually when it's not working. Most teams, and these guys included, the Vikings will say, all right, well, we're just going to rear back and throw it. Sometimes that'll work, but the fact that we kept trying it and I guess kept them honest that way, set up the play action, and I do like that. So I'm not sure why I brought that up there, but that th- I can't believe that they ran the ball 30 times in <laughs> in a game where where Cousins is going to get most of the credit, um, but they kept sticking to the run. Wow, that's that's pretty sweet. Well, it's much different than last year, you know, if you remember when they played the Bears, I think it was week four uh, in Chicago when the Bears shut down Dalvin early, and he, yeah. he only ended up with, with 14, you know, rushes that game. They yeah. went away from it, and that was the game, you know, afterwards, you know, where everyone Dicks freaked out, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan freaked out, Kirk Cousins apologized on the podcast, yeah. you know, and then the season turned around, but, like, much different story. This time, you know, the running game wasn't really working tonight either, but they still stuck with it. Um, and it's good to good to for them to show that to the you know their upcoming opponents. Like, you know, fine, you can you can try and stop Dalvin Cook, but we're still going to give him the ball. So you're yeah. going to have to try and stop him for the entire game. We're not we're not going to get away from it. I think it did help that the game was closer um, because if the Vikings were down by you know maybe ten yeah, points, that's then, a good point. Then they probably wouldn't have continue to give him the ball yeah. as much. Well, the only team left on the schedule that can stifle Dalvin like this will be the Bucks, And yep. they quietly have a spectacular rushing defense. Not quite as good with Vitavea out, but last year they were tops in the business and nobody really talked about it because they were bad. And then this year it's good again. And so, yeah, that one, that is the only game that I look at this schedule and say just write a huge L on it because we're not winning that game. We talked about that last week. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have to be – flawless in that game because Dalvin won't be able to get cooking unless you get him involved in some screen passes and stuff. Um, it's just not going to happen. And so that's going to be another game. That's probably the only other game I'm looking at on the schedule. Where I'm like, all right, Kirk will have to win that. The rest can probably be, be a hodgepodge of Dalvin and this defense keeps going. So they did have a hundred, they did give up 139 rushing yards to uh, the saints when they got creamed by them two weeks oh, ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good point too. You never know, and that's that's why they play the games. Um, <laughs> did you? Let's see. I had I just gave a dislike. So did did you have another one? Nope. I'm a, I'm about tapped out on those. Um, oh. Yeah. The 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 Dan Chesesno, whatever, however you say his name. <laughs> that one. I don't think that anyone was so, knows. That one was Chesena. That one was really frustrating early on because 
That's yeah. all he does, right? Mm-hmm. Is play special teams. Like his entire life is to go down and cover. I think a they punt. took him off. He's he's typically a gunner. I think they took yeah. him off of that yeah. for the rest of the game. I didn't see him as a gunner for <laughs> for the rest of the game. That, that, that's sure Zimmer, Zimmer for you. <laughs> Zimmer was like, get him off the field. Like he's gonna yeah. back up into the end zone. Like yeah, does he even know what he's doing out there. Um, I've always been confused by why he's even on the team. I understand he's super fast, but he just his football knowledge and, and skills seem to be lacking and the NFL isn't the place for that. You want to yeah. do that in, in college or whatever, that's fine. But yeah, the NFL for a team that's, you know, trying to get back in the playoff hunt, you, you don't have time for guys like that in the field. You need to just have guys out there that, that <laughs> kind of know what they're doing. And, and um, he just doesn't seem to do that. Um, I think one other maybe pet peeve I have is when Kirk Cousins kind of makes his decision to where he's going to throw. I think he did this once with uh, Jefferson tonight where Jefferson was was deep and he wasn't really open, but Kirk threw it anyways. I think that maybe that has to do with his maybe his faith in Jefferson to go up and maybe just get the ball, but Jefferson wasn't really open and he still threw it anyways. So that's something that just bothers me. Kirk, got, he, I feel like he does it, you know, maybe a few times a game where he just he, he picks out, you know, okay, I'm going to throw this guy no matter what. And then yeah. sometimes it ends up, picked off or or you know incomplete but i i noticed that tonight and that's maybe just you know nitpicking because <laughs> yeah. they got the win but so you got what nothing you, else no what do you got for dallas what do i have for dallas yeah isn't that an upcoming game yeah what do you mean what, what, what do you mean what i have for dallas for a prediction oh yeah well it's at it's at u.s bank stadium uh, i don't know the cowboys have an extra week to prepare um with andy dalton i think he's coming back yeah um no, I think the Vikings are gonna win. Um Cowboys yeah. are not very good, especially on defense. Everson Griffin is gone. So they don't <laughs> they even have a pass rush. Um so I don't anticipate it being a close game. I would look at it maybe more of like the Lions game from, from two weeks ago yeah. where you know, maybe the Lions make some plays and they kind of have some hope, but the Vikings are able to just, you know, they're the dominant team and they're able to, to pull away. And I, I would expect Delvin Cook to get back on track and have another monster yeah. game. By the way, he, we didn't talk about this. He had a little scare tonight, too. Um, luckily, it was just a little uh, nut shot from the football, it looked like. Uh, but that was that was scary, too. Seeing Eric Hendricks and Delvin Cook go down tonight was not, not a sight I wanted to see. Um, so, luckily, it seems like they're both okay. And the Vikings are a good yeah, for the, week with those two guys. Yeah, I, uh, Kendrick's one did spook me because you start to ask yourself, how many more replacement players can we take and still keep this thing fun and competitive? Uh, because, I mean, without Kendrick's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you could keep going on yeah. um, with the defense. And so when I, it must have been wind knocked out of him. And with Dalvin, I saw that one. And <laughs> I thankfully didn't have any fear on that one because uh, I yeah. feel like that happens a lot. Yeah, <laughs> where you think guys are like seriously hurt, and it's just a shot to the nuts. Yeah, and, and like, I it also it's the inverse too, so that does happen a lot. And thankfully, it hasn't happened to the Vikings. But those gruesome ones, like leg oh, snapping yeah. ones, I <laughs> swear that that those really didn't happen this much when I was a kid, or maybe they didn't show them on the camera as much. But it seems like every oh, three the, weeks you're talking about the Ravens one. I'm talking about every single one, like uh, whether it's Alex Smith or whether there was that yeah. Bears tight end from like three or four years ago. Oh yeah, it seems like once every month or so, there's one that you accidentally see and you're like, oh no. And I don't know, maybe I was just so naive and Dak young. Prescott. That, 
Yeah. Yeah. It seems like those happen a lot more. And I, I, I do a lot of that thinking back to when I was a kid or a teenager thinking, God, did that stuff happen? It's almost like a completely different subject, but toe tapping by wide receivers. I thought when I was a kid that Chris Carter was like the one who started that. And now it's like every wide receiver has that in their arsenal, in their bag. And I really don't know if it was pounded into these dudes heads in 1991 to on every single sideline catch to be a toe tapper. I know Chris Carter did it. And I thought that's what made him Mm -hmm. so wonderful. And now like it's elementary that a dude gets both his feet down. Yeah. I think with the injuries, you know, just got to follow Hulk Hogan's mantra of, you know, you know, eat your breakfast or whatever and take your vitamins, (laughs) uh, drink your milk. Um, Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I think maybe guys are just, bigger and stronger these days so the the hits are a lot more intense than yeah. maybe they were back in the day I mean, but you know what maybe these did happen back in the day we just didn't hear them or, or see yeah them yeah maybe there's, it's there's Twitter like and stuff yeah. so many tv cameras and for every game this year you can see everything in super slow-mo you know it, it did happen what joe theisman that happened yeah. a long time yeah. ago now that you say that i bet you it's probably like the rest of i guess the, the way that news is reported is that i bet you it did happen but now um, you see it on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, we just have you YouTube your, and Twitter. Yeah, it's Everyone's like, reaching it. I have a friend, a close friend, that is so frustrated by hearing about coronavirus numbers and infections and deaths. <laughs> and I try to explain to him. Yeah, don't that, go on the internet then. Well, that's what he doesn't do anymore. Um, <laughs> but he tells me that you know it's the media that just keeps driving. And what I tell him is, yes, they do report it. And But there are thousands of news entities that it would be irresponsible for them not to report it. So when you see it from thehill.com and then you see it from foxnews.com and then you see it from CNN, they're just telling you the numbers respectively and you're seeing it 15 times in a half hour and you're thinking, oh my God, I'm sick of this. So I'm thinking maybe that's what happened that when we were uh, young with uh, those gruesome hits is that they would happen and you know it'd be on CBS and the only time that it would be shown again would be on NFL primetime at night and they're probably not in the business of showing legs snapping. You know, it's kind of like when you go online and you see people talking about how Kirk Cousins is, you know, a dink and dunker. So, you know, <laughs> you have to go yeah. and be like, no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, but that'll do it for us tonight. The Vikings again got a big win. They're third in a row. They're four and five. Seven games to go. They still got a lot of work to do if they want to get in the playoffs. But there's seven spots up for grabs this year. So their chance is as good as any. They can, you know keep going with the what they're doing right now uh make sure to follow dustin on twitter at dust baker and uh his podcast i believe vikings podcast with former vikings offensive lineman brian mckinney check that out he's got some some cool guests on there i think there's some guy like adrian peterson or something was on there <laughs> you might have heard of him um and make sure to oh, subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts um, make sure to go and subscribe. And as we've been ending the show for the past few weeks, Dustin, I need to give me a skull. I got the Vikings over the Cowboys. 34-24. Skull. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.